Welcome to the Thrive and Shine Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Sabrina Orkies. So this week on the podcast, we are talking about um, mainly narcissistic behavior. And if you're in a relationship with a narcissist and or married, mainly married, but um, I think long-term relationships are pretty much a marriage. It's It's hard to leave whenever, um, you're married to a narcissist and the toxic, the relationship is just very toxic and having kids involved does not make it easier. On the podcast this week, I have Alana and she is a high conflict, um, divorce coach, um, with, um, and if you have children involved, she also is very specialized in that area. I think a lot of times when you're going through a divorce or trying to leave a relationship, if you have kids with that person or the kids have, they've been in the kid's life for a very long time and have a very close bond with the kids, it's, it's very hard to walk away from. Um, and I think a lot of people are just completely lost when it comes to that. If you're in um, a relationship with a narcissist, usually um, you kind of like close off from the world because they are your world and you believe everything that they say. They manipulate you and just have this hold on you to where you feel like that you can never leave. And if you did leave, you feel like that you can't survive or they make you feel that way. And so I really love what Alana is here to do for people. It could be a man or a woman because, you know, there are men who are in relationships with narcissistic women as well. You know, we always want to say it's the woman dealing with a narcissist, but it goes both ways in this situation. So Alana um, is there for this, you know, scared, vulnerable person who may be ready to take the leap to leave this toxic, narcissistic relationship marriage and helps guide them through. You know, when you are cut off from the world and you don't have anyone to rely on or anywhere, and you don't know where to start when it comes to something like this, Alana is the perfect person to talk to or get coached through a situation like this with. She can help you go talk to your lawyer before you've even talked to your spouse or your partner. She helps you with the questions or the what to say to your partner, you know, and she helps guide you through that because obviously when you tell the narcissist that you're leaving, I mean, all hell breaks loose. It's a, it's a disaster. Um, and so she helps you kind of guide you through that. And when it's time to go see a lawyer, she helps you meet with your lawyer and she tells you the questions that you need to ask. And basically she helps, and she talks about this a lot in the episode. She helps you, you know, guide through the, um, the legal process. So she kind of helps, she's the in-between man between you and your, your lawyer. So your lawyer can really focus on the legal stuff that needs to be done instead of all this, all the extra stuff and, and like explaining things to you. So she's, she helps you save a lot of time because in, when you go through a divorce like this, it's very long and drawn out. It's not easy. And when you throw kids into the mix, it just it creates a whole other, um, situation to work through. So I hope that you can somehow, um, relate to this. I mean, I think 
we've all dealt with, whether it's a marriage or a relationship or a friendship in our life. I mean, I'm sure that there's someone in your life that you could consider a narcissist because there's a lot of them, unfortunately. But um, if you know someone that this episode could help, please send them the episode to listen to or send them to Alana. Um, she has a lot of great resources, um, a Facebook community, which is huge. Um, having peers that have went through something similar um, could really change someone's world that's in a situation like this. But anyways, um, I think that's all I have for this week. I don't think I have anything else. If you're not in the face group, Facebook group of mine, make sure you get in there. I'm constantly sharing recipes and they are very easy to make and very delicious. It's Thrive and Shine Wellness Healthy Lifestyle Group. And I hope that you all have a great week. Hi, Lana. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Um, I have definitely one very good friend that is going to be able to relate to this conversation. And I'm sure there's many others out there. Um, you are a high conflict divorce coach and child custody consultant. Most of my listeners, I feel are parents or moms. So if they have ever been in any sort of situation relatable to it, who knows, there might be somebody out there who's getting ready to go through something like this. And my hope is that they will listen in and hopefully this conversation will benefit them in some way. And if they need you, then they'll have your information. So if you don't mind, go ahead and tell us about your journey. How did you get into this line of field, like this field and um, just tell us your story. All right. So I was married to a covert narcissist for 16 years. And I, like most people, did not know that's what he was. I just knew that he was treating me bad. He was psychologically abusing me, verbally abusing me, but I couldn't figure out like what his issue was. And (laughs) I, I, we went to five marital counselors and one of the counselors actually said to me at one point, your husband is a narcissist and it's a personality disorder. You have two options. You can either leave the relationship or just sit, stay there and deal with it because he can't change. Right. And I completely blew her off. I'm like a narcissist. He's not a narcissist because he wasn't my definition of a narcissist. Right, right. <laughs> so I completely blew her off. I'm like, that's not my problem. And I continued to stay in the marriage. And it wasn't until I saw my husband physically assault my 19 year old son at the time that I was like, okay, I need to leave this situation. Like the light bulb went off. I was like, okay, this is bad. We're doing physical abuse. Now I need to leave. And once I left and my head cleared and I could think, and I started doing my own research, I was like, okay, she was right. He really is a narcissist. He checked all of the boxes (laughs) for narcissists. And how I got into my line of work is I was working on my book 
at the time, I was doing therapeutic journaling, and Tina Swithin came up with the High Conflict Divorce Coaching Program, and she was training other men and women how to help people in the process of divorcing a narcissist or in a child custody battle with a narcissist, going over what I call are the four pillars of how you present to your legal team and to the judge, how you document for your case, how you communicate with your ex in self-care because self-care is so important when you have experienced trauma. So I went through all those steps on my own. It helped me tremendously. I wanted to help others in the process because typically when you tell someone you're dealing with a narcissist, their eyes glaze over. Mm-hmm. And they don't listen to you at all. They just blow you off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I love it when my clients come to me and they tell me their story and I say, I get it. And you could just hear the sigh of relief yes. come out of them because they feel like they've told so many people and nobody believed or understood them. So they're just happy to talk to someone that understands. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely a new term that's coming around to people, um, especially in this situation. Uh, my friend that I was talking about, we didn't really have a definition for how to explain how he was. Um, right. He also had like addiction issues on top of that. Um, so it was really hard to tell like what his deal was, like what was right. his deal. Right. And addiction is very common with narcissism. It's oh. either... Yeah. Drugs, alcohol, porn is huge. There's always some kind of addiction involved. Oh, wow. Okay. That makes total sense then. Okay. Yes. Um, so when people come to you, um, is there any sort of like, um, like what steps do you give them to work through? So every individual is different Mm -hmm. and it really depends on what part of the legal process they're in Mm -hmm. or if they've even started the legal process. So if they come to me, they're thinking about leaving and they want to know what steps to take to get out. I help them put together a safety plan. I tell them everything they need to make photos of, you know, inventory. Like there's all these things you need to put in place before you even step foot out of the house. (laughs) You are genius. That is amazing. (laughs) Oh my God. <laughs> that is amazing. Like just that right there is a lot. That's awesome. Yes. Yes. Because if you've never done it before, then you don't know what to no. do. And you have to be very strategic because they're very strategic. So you have to t- stay 10 steps ahead of them. Mm-hmm. So that's what I help my clients do if they haven't left yet. And they're saying, Alana, I'm getting ready to leave. What do I need to put in place? Mm-hmm. Now, if they've already hired a lawyer, they've already filed for divorce or they file for chi- child custody and they're starting that process, then we talk about, okay, what are you doing for your self-care? Because it's important you have you have to do something for yourself because you're going to run a marathon. Yeah. It's not going to be easy and it's going to take a long time. So you need to prepare yourself for that mentally and physically. Yes. Then I talk to them about how they present to their legal team and to the judge. Cause a lot of times when you've been traumatized, yeah. you've been in, yeah, you've been in fight or flight so long that you're just so emotional yeah. and you, you start crying when you start telling your story and you're just all over the place and you got gaps in your story and people don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> so I coach them on how to present and not sound crazy to their legal team. So their legal team will listen to them and start to understand their case. Then we talk about communicating with the ex. 
Oh. Email communication. <laughs> we, we keep keep it to written documentation. Love that. You don't want to do anything face to face. You don't want to do anything over the phone because that's when they're able to access you and start to abuse you again psychologically and get into your head. When it's written, you can read it, get emotional, yes. <laughs> walk away, <laughs> yes, yes, and come back to the email. Yes. So I tell everyone, do not respond right when you need read the yes. email because you are going to be emotional. It's yes. just, they they want you to be yes. emotional. I'll they want to trigger yes. you. <laughs> I can remember my friend, you know, texting me and another mm. friend and saying this is like a screenshot of what he texted her this is what he said and we're like don't respond and it took her so long to like stop responding it was yeah yeah it was it was hell like yeah but finally she got so good at it and then that's when we noticed he wouldn't you know he would die down but that's right Yes. He was trying to invoke a response. Yes. Mm -hmm. So good. She learned on her own. A lot of people I have to repeat over and over, please don't respond right away. Walk away. Do your first draft of the email. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Read it, read it over and see if there's anything in there that could be misconstrued. Have someone else read the email just to make sure you're not being accusatory. You're sticking to the facts. You're only discussing the children or what's going on in your divorce. Nothing else because there's nothing else to discuss. And you're brief. Mm-hmm. So that's what I teach my clients. And I tell them, I was like, if you need for me to review the email before you send it, I offer that service as well. I'll go through and I usually strike through certain sentences so they know in future communication, please do not include this in your email. Right. <laughs> please do not call them names. <laughs> please yes, don't accuse the them of anything. Yes. <laughs> don't oh. accuse them of anything. You want your email to possibly be read by a judge and you not look like the parent that is not co-parenting like you're Mm -hmm. not being the amicable one Mm -hmm. you want to look like the very sane parent in the situation right exactly um what do you suggest so like if there's kids and there's a custody battle what are some of like the first steps that you would take with in a situation like that The first steps that you take is you start moving them to a parenting app or email communication only. So typically I say send an email and say we're only going to communicate through this app. Our family wizard is a very popular one. That's never even heard of that. You never heard of that. Yeah. The courts often recommend that for communication. Or if you don't use a parenting app, try to get them on email. Texting is okay. The problem with texting is. You have to buy software, or I think there's free software out there now just to get the entire text stream. Mm-hmm. With email, you know, it's very easy to see where the conversation started and where it has ended. Mm-hmm. So I just I tell them, please try to get them on email communication. If not, we can default to texting, but do not have any verbal communication because then it becomes hearsay when you go into court and you say, he said, blah, 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 blah. And then he comes back and said, she said, blah, blah, blah. It's all hearsay. Mm-hmm. When it's written, everybody can see it. And you can mm-hmm. tell a story in your written documentation. Mm-hmm. We also document patterns of behavior, right? So incidents of verbal abuse or anything that happened in front of the children, I have them document that mm-hmm. because that's very important for their case as well. So those Um, are some of the first things we work on. 
How would, for someone who's not familiar so much with the term narcissist, how, what are some signs that, um, like some red flags that people can look for? Like if they're maybe either in denial that their spouse might be a narcissist, or if they're maybe thinking what's wrong, but I can't put my finger on it, what like describes them? If they often feel like they're walking on eggshells when they're around their spouse, they're thinking about what to say and how to behave because they don't want to, you know, trigger the narcissist into going into a narcissistic rage. And that's basically yelling or getting upset because they didn't get their way or you didn't do something in a certain way. You didn't read their mind and provide them with something that they felt you should have provided them with. You have that a lot. It's like, I can't read your mind, but somehow they think that you should. Right. Um, if you feel like you are taking accountability for things you know that are not your fault, but you do it anyway because you want to avoid an argument. If your mate is someone that requires excessive attention, they want you to be with them all the time even though you're spending probably 95% of your time with them, they're saying that's not enough. Um, they are constantly putting you down, possibly calling you names. Sometimes there's some physical assault involved, things like that. They tend to be very needy people and they don't want you to spend any time with anyone else other than them. And if you do spend time with someone else, then they make you feel guilty for it. So if um, kind of just like things are popping in my head, if someone has a friend or a family um, member who is in a narcissistic relationship, what are some things that they can do to comfort that person or even maybe help them help walk them through some situations besides contacting you? <laughs> <laughs> this is a good question. I get asked this a lot and I would say, Offer to help, mm -hmm. tell them it's not their fault, tell them that you are there for them when they need you, ask them how you can support them and tell them they can come over to your place any time of day. Do not tell them they're overreacting. Do not tell them it's not abuse because it's not physical. Do not discount anything that you're telling them, because as soon as you discount anything they're saying, they're not going to get out of the situation. They're going to clam up mm -hmm. and they're just going to continue to stay in it even longer to their own detriment. Mm -hmm. So you want to be supportive without discounting anything that they're saying to you. Okay. Um, cause I, I think about that because I'm like, what could I have said? Cause it's almost like, I mean, it's such a tough situation. You don't want to tell someone to leave their spouse, but you also want to be comforting and support them. And, um, sometimes it's hard to find the words to say in a, it's a serious situation, you know, when it's a you're serious, involved and yes, the whole thing, you know? Yes. And if you tell them they need to get out of the situation or that their spouse is not treating them you know, respectfully, they're not going to believe you because they're caught up in the trauma bond. There is similar to Stockholm syndrome where you're bonded to your abuser. So you can't, you're not thinking correctly. So you can't pull yourself out. So you're, you're actually protecting your abuser by telling your friends and family, you know, no, he's not that I'm okay. You're protecting your abuser, unfortunately. So yeah, yeah. don't say, yeah, <laughs> don't tell them the person's not good for them or they need to leave the person because that doesn't work out either. Yes. 
complete <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. wrong thing to say yeah um one thing that i was reading about on your website or in your social media or something was the breathing technique that you teach. yes can you yes. explain that the and four, like seven, when eight. people would use it like Yes, it is a form of meditation and it helps to calm the body so that you can relax. I recommend doing it right before you go to sleep at night because you will tend to get a good night's rest if you do the 478 breathing technique. It's one that was taught to me by my doctor right when I left the relationship. She kept telling me, Alana, you need to meditate. You need to meditate. And I'm like, I don't want to meditate. She said, just do it 10 minutes at night. Mm -hmm. And I found this technique and I tried it the first night and I had like the best sleep ever. I need to do that tonight. I need to incorporate this breathing. Yes, try it. Yes, try it and let me know how you feel the next day. Like, I didn't even realize I fell asleep. I typically will fall asleep right after I've gone through the Mm -hmm. exercise. So, yeah, definitely try it. It's something so simple. You wouldn't think it would have that much of an impact, but it really works. What is the 478? So it's when you, you place your tongue behind your top front teeth, Mm -hmm. you exhale Mm -hmm. and then you inhale for four seconds, or I think I have to read it. I think it's inhale for four, hold your breath for seven, and then you exhale for eight. And then you keep doing that three more times. Oh, I love that. I mean, even just the deep breathing in general, I know will help, but having something to follow and focus on. Yes. And there's actually an app. I use the app called the Oak and it does this one. Yeah. It it talks you through this technique. So I just turned that app on for 10 minutes and it just talks me through and it tells you inhale, exhale, and then tells you when you're done. And by the time it's done, I'm already asleep. Right. Yes. And I love that because even though I haven't been in this situation, you know, I've been in some stressful situations that like stuff like this would help and just help calm the body because you need that. Your body is just like, you know, your brain, the stress from your brain goes all throughout your body. That's correct. Trauma lives in the body. Yes. 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 Thousand percent. You have to release it. You have to calm it down. You have to release the trauma from the body. It's so important. So when you were going through this situation yourself, were you also Mm -hmm. like in therapy or anything like that? Yeah, I was seeing, go ahead. mm -hmm. I was seeing a functional medicine doctor because I I had a, yeah, I had a number of uh, physical ailments, all stress related. Yes. A hundred percent stress related. Would you mind sharing any of those? Like what was going on? Yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah. I had SIBO, small intestine. I think it's bacterial bacterial obstruction or something like that. Like Mm -hmm. it was, I was having digestive issues and she referred to it as SIBO. Mm -hmm. And she said, it's typical in people that have a lot of stress in their lives. Oh my God. Yeah. Was there Um, anything else that was popping up? My thyroid was having issues and it wasn't due to hypothyroid or hyperthyroidism. It was completely stress related. Something that I could reverse if I reduce the stress. Yes. Yes. Um, I was breaking out a lot. It was mm-hmm. stress-related acne. My hair was thinning and falling out. I couldn't sleep because I was chronically on edge. Oh my god. Constant fight or flight. So my cortisone levels were through the roof. I was wondering about those and your adrenals. I was like, if yes. those were just done. 
Yes. And she stressed on those. She was like, you really have to get them down. And I was having really bad heart palpitations. So it was affecting my heart. So, yeah. So I started working out. So functional medicine doctor, I was seeing a therapist. I started working out started meditating, meditating to huge. Yes. All of getting back into are... all of these things are huge. Getting back into eating right, eating mm-hmm. healthy, mm-hmm. taking my vitamins, making sure I had the proper vitamin intake. Mm-hmm. All of these things I've done, I know they work. So I tell my clients to do all of these things as well. I oh, love that. Yeah. Because you have to rebuild your body back. I mean, you've been in trauma for yeah. years, right. pretty much. So you have to start to rebuild. Yeah. I love all of this. You literally have it together. Like I love all the things just from the beginning of this conversation, when you were like, when I asked you what the steps were and you were like this, this, and this, I'm like, Oh my gosh, what? Like if we would have had you like two years ago, it would have been great. (laughs) So I know for sure that that you're going to benefit so many people out there. And I love that. I hate that you had to go through it, but I love the number of people that you're probably going to help moving forward. Right. Right. Especially, you know, the kid thing, you know, having kids, I think that that, you know, kind of makes people postpone situations. So mm-hmm. I think having that aspect to be able to add into it is going to help people so much more, maybe even help them um, not be as afraid to leave. That's exactly right. It could, because it's scary to leave. I think it took me the seventh time because I kept saying I was going to leave. And then I always had like some excuse Mm-hmm. And I call it an excuse because it really wasn't a reason why I couldn't leave. Yes. I was sabotaging myself from getting out of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's like, once you get to the other side, you're like, why didn't I do that so long ago? Yes, <laughs> yes you're exactly right. And I was like, why didn't I do this the first time? Not the seventh time. Right. It's <laughs> like so it's hard. so much better on the other side. So yes. much better. It's hard. It's hard. And it's so much to go through. Um, but yes. Um, one other thing that um, just kind of like triggered in my brain just now Um just thinking about my friend and other friends who have been in situations like this. Um, what about like gaslighting? Um, how would you explain that? Like that their spouse treating them like that? What are, um, what is gaslighting? What are some things to look for in that? I want people to like know the signs because I feel like a lot of people are in relationships or marriages that they are the other, their spouse is a narcissist and they have no clue. Yes. Yes. So gaslighting, um, I often refer to as psychological warfare Mm -hmm. and it's where another person makes you second guess your thoughts and what you believe. So they will typically do things that you can see with your own eyes and they'll say, I never did that. (laughs) Or they will say certain things to you and they'll say, I never said that. And it could be within five minutes, you know, they could say something really cruel Mm -hmm. and you're like, well, I often would say, I didn't like how you made me feel when you said blah, blah, blah. And he would say, I never said that. Oh, yes, yes, you did. You, you oh. literally just said it five minutes ago. And he would say, I never said that. You're delusional. I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. And he's serious. Yes. He's not kidding. He's dead serious. So yes. after you hear that so many times, you start to second guess mm-hmm. your memory, what you hear. Oh, like yeah. you, you think you're going crazy. Mm-hmm. You think oh, yeah. you're going crazy. Yes. yes. And that's their way of not taking accountability for anything Mm -hmm. It's to gaslight you into thinking that you're the crazy one by saying they didn't do or say certain things. Yes. Oh my gosh. I hate that. That's awful. Yes. 
Um, so there was um, something interesting just about narcissism in general. Um, one of the podcasts that I listened to, it's called Self Helpless. They actually, which I thought was interesting, they had a narcissist on the show um, who actually admitted that they were, which is very uncommon. That's- very uncommon. Very yes. Uncommon. <laughs> yes. Um, and I can't remember. I'm wanting to say he was um, maybe even a therapist of some sort that helps people with narcissism, maybe. But, you know, people really don't own up to don't, having it. So I can't remember what exactly he did. I just thought it was very interesting that he was on the show and was like admitting and like telling people like what to look for. But then there was also another person on the show who was in a narcissistic relationship. I think that's when it like really sparked in my brain. The actual word is when they had that guest on. And I was like, oh, my gosh, so many people are in narcissistic relationships and they don't even realize they it. don't even realize it. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, because it's something that's not talked about. It's not, you know, yeah. Like people get out and they don't talk about it anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so what offers do you have? Do you have any programs? Is there, do you offer like any consultations if someone's getting ready to go through this or even has questions about going through it in the future, anything like that? I do. So I have 15 minute discovery sessions. You could just call me up. We'll talk for 15 minutes about your situation. I can tell you how I can assist. Mm -hmm. And then I also offer single sessions and I offer packages and I offer five sessions, seven sessions, 12 sessions. You decide how many you need. You can use the sessions however you want. They're one hour sessions. They do not expire. So typically people will hire me to go with them to talk to their lawyer because they want to make sure that they that are being clear awesome. mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> and conveying what they need to convey to their lawyer. So they ask me to sit in and I've actually, I've listened to my clients speak to the lawyer and the lawyer doesn't understand what's going on. So I'm filling in the gaps I for the clients. Well, yes. and I love that you can be that person because there's so many people out there who don't have anybody like maybe no family because they've been in this narcissistic relationship and they've cut off every single person in their life and they have no friends. So it's amazing that you can be that person for them. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. And it helps the lawyer too, because I'm helping to organize their client for them, which, you know, they, they need to spend time on the legal process and the law and what they need to do for your case. So they typically don't want to be the therapist in this situation or (laughs) teach you how to communicate. So I, I help the legal side out a lot. And then I also, like I said, I have the clients document patterns of behavior. Mm -hmm. So I help them with that. We go through the different incidents and how to document properly so that they have that evidence for their case. Um, Reading email. You could pay for an hour. I can read, you know, however many emails you need me to read that equals up to an hour. I prep you for mediation. If you're going through the mediation process with your ex and you want to know how to prepare and how to behave during mediation, I prep you for that. So it just depends on what your needs are. And then I can tell you how I can assist you. That is awesome. Do you have like any like Facebook groups or anything like that? I just want to make sure. Oh, you do. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, It's called Divorcing and Parenting with a Narcissist Community. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That is awesome. That will be so helpful to people in general. 
Yes. Yes. I'm trying to get more people in there because no one wants to talk. I'm like, guys, this is your community to like talk to each other because you can talk to one another and discover things that the other person is going through and get advice from them, not just from me. Get advice from other people that are going through the process and see Mm -hmm. what worked for them. Because it's really, it's, it's a strategy based on your situation. Mm -hmm. It's always encouraged. Yeah. Like use the community, like speak Mm -hmm. up in there. (laughs) I love that so much. I love that you have that. Yes. And then I have a Facebook page called Sir Thrive Tribe. Mm -hmm. And I'm also on Instagram. So many ways to get in touch with me, many ways to find out information on my social media. I try to do a lot of education Mm -hmm. because I want to create awareness. So I'm going to talk about narcissism. I'm going to tell you statistics on psychological abuse. I'm going to talk about self-care. I'm going to tell you different things you can do for self-care and mental health boosts. So I try to give you a wealth of information throughout the week. So be sure to follow. What is your website too? I'm going to put all of this in the show notes just so in case people can't remember it, but I want you to be able to tell them also. <laughs> All right. My website is surthrivetribe.com. Awesome. And it is the word survivor and thriving pushed together to make surthrive because you've gone from victim to survivor to mm-hmm. surthriver. I love that so much. It's so <laughs> cute. And let's talk about your book before we get off. Yes. Um, Yes, go ahead and explain. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my book is called Was It My Fault? And it is my personal journey through my 16 years being in a narcissistic marriage and then the aftermath. So I talk about what happened when I filed for divorce and how my ex came after me for a child custody citing parental alienation claims. I talk about that entire process. <laughs> I love that. I love that you yes. did that. I'm sure it was hard, but think of how many people yeah that that book is going to help. Yes. Yes. And I've gotten lots of great feedback on it. People have told me they've learned so much mm-hmm. from it and they want to buy it. books. Yeah. They're like buying books for their friends and family that are in similar situations. So and can they I'm purchase happy. that on your website? Yes, they okay. can. If you go to my website, I have a link on there. It's on Amazon. So you oh, can click okay. on the link. Yeah, it'll take you to Amazon. And it's available for Kindle as well as you can buy the book version paperback. Awesome. I love that yeah. so much. And one last question. I want you to tell me what wellness means to you. Wellness is all encompassing for me. So it's spiritual wellness, physical wellness, Uh, mental wellness. It's the whole being for me. So when I talked about eating healthy, exercising, taking your vitamins, all of that is wellness to me because it takes care of the whole person, not just one piece, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Which pretty much aligns with me. That's what I all like all the things together. Yes. Those three things mainly. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's right. They all go together. And when you have all of those things aligned, you feel so much better. Gosh, yes. hundred percent. Well, thank you so much, Alana. I have thoroughly enjoyed having you on here today. Um, I have loved all of this and I'm so excited for all the people that you are going to help and have helped. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Hey everyone, I just wanted to pop back in and tell you thank you for listening to this episode. If there is anyone in your life that you think might want to hear this episode, please feel free to share it with them. 
It will only help my podcast grow. If you could also go and hit the subscribe button, you will get notified every single time a new episode is released. Also, if you'd like to go rate and review if you like the podcast, please feel free to do that and shoot me a message if you do, maybe like a screenshot, and I will send you a small token of my appreciation in return. You can connect with me on Instagram at thriveandshine underscore wellness. I'll also have a Facebook page called Thrive and Shine Wellness. I have a Facebook healthy lifestyle group as well, and the name of that is Thrive and Shine Wellness Healthy Lifestyle Group. I also have a website. It is www.thriveandshinewellness.org. And if you need to reach me, you can either send me a message through social media or you can email me at info at thriveandshinewellness.org.